The Creepshow Chronicles contains graphic and disturbing content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Sarah, a.k.a. Sam. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to episode 79 of the Creep Show Chronicles. So we hope everybody's doing good today. How are you doing today? I'm feeling pretty good. So which is the superior, is the superior franchise? Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th? I believe that Nightmare on Elm Street is the superior franchise. I love Jason, don't get me wrong. I do love Friday the 13th. But Nightmare on Elm Street is just so much better and so much funnier. And Freddy is just... I mean, anything to see Johnny Depp get sucked through a fucking... <laughs> right? Anything to watch Johnny Depp get sucked through a bed. Yeah. Is... Water bed. Yeah. Was it a water bed? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. It's I been so long. I've seen it like once. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Yeah. But no, I just... I love Friday the 13th. But there's just such so many good things about Night... Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And honestly, I would have to agree. I yeah. think Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street as well. I just feel like a lot of the Friday the 13th are kind of the same plot. Like, a bunch of teenagers go to Camp Crystal Lake and get killed. Yeah. They have sex. They probably skinny dip. And they get killed. It's like they say in Mean Girls. You have sex, you die. Yeah. Alright, everybody grab some rubbers. Yeah. But in Nightmare on Elm Street, like, there's different scenarios. No one's losing know. their virginity. Yeah, there's... <laughs> My favorite Nightmare on Elm Street is the first one, obviously, but also, I'm not sure which one it is, but it's the one where all the kids were in, like, the, not insane asylum, but they were, like, all in, like, the treatment facility. Yeah. I love that one, and it scared me so much, that one scene where he uses the Q-tip and, like, goes all the way through the kid's ear to the other side. Like, that scared me so much. It scared me out of using Q-tips in my ears. Uh, let us know what you think the superior franchise is in, uh, on our wow, on our social media. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Well, carry on, Wayward Son, because we are talking about a little town in Kansas called Atchison. We know about Lebanon, Kansas, and Lawrence, Kansas, but mm. <laughs> that's because of Supernatural. Yeah, a lot of Kansas. <laughs> we are going to be visiting Kansas, and we're going to be talking about the Sally House. Ah, Kansas, not just the home of our favorite Winchester brothers. Kansas is also the home of one of the most haunted homes in America. Originally built between 1867 and 1871 in the growing community of Atchison, about 50 miles north of Kansas City, the home sits at 508 North 2nd Street and has seen its fair share of owners throughout the years. This house became the residence of an Atchison physician, Dr. Charles Finney. The front served as office space and examination rooms, while the doctor and his family lived upstairs. One day, a frantic mother arrived carrying her six-year-old daughter, Sally. The child had collapsed from severe ab- abdominal pain. The doctor diagnosed appendicitis and knew that there was no time to delay surgery. Believing the appendix would soon burst, the doctor began cutting Sally before the anesthesia took full effect. Sally's screams suddenly stopped and she grew pale and limp. Her appendix did burst and she died on the operating table. Her last memories were of a man whom she believed was torturing her. Fun fact, 
Amelia Earhart considered Atchison, Kansas to be her hometown. Amelia was born in Atchison and lived there until she was 12, uh, until she was 12 years old. And that was from a newsy article by Axel Turquoy from October 27, 2021. The Sally House is believed to be one of the most haunted places in America. There have been three documented deaths on the property, Michael Finney in 1872, William True in 1918, and Agnes True in 1939. Some believe a little girl's spirit torments those who visit or dare to live in the home. It looks like an ordinary small house, but once you step inside, it's spine-chilling. Their baby would wake up every hour as if someone was playing with him. On July 14, 1993, Deborah, Tony, and Deborah's sister Karen discovered all the toys were placed in a circle. They assumed one or the other was playing a trick and put the toys back. To their horror, the light was on when they returned and a bear had fallen from the chair he was sitting in. After that, they packed up and stayed with Tony's parents. While leaving, something scratched him and he pulled up his shirt to find three scratch marks. He would continue to get scratched after this and a scratch manifested on camera one time. They turned to a psychic who picked up on a presence named Sally. On October 31st, 1993, Tony went to get a glass of orange juice, and when he returned, he saw a little girl in early 1900s clothing, and he then sketched a picture of her. And I did put the picture in the yeah, documents. Like, her eyes just, like, pierce into your soul. Ooh. A former resident who lived in the house before the Pickman stated that her daughter, who was five at the time, had an imaginary friend named Sally. She said that she would scold her daughter for doing something, and her daughter would say, Sally did it, or Sally made me do it. Eleven years later, they showed the former resident the picture that Tony drew of Sally, and the daughter said that it was her imaginary friend. Tony would experience the worst, as Sally was known to dislike men. A lamp was thrown at Tony's mother. Tony heard scratching behind his bed that he said sounded like an animal was trying to dig out of the wall. Sally appeared in the room he was in and grabbed his wrist, burning dark red finger marks into his arm. Tony believed that they were dealing with something that was not a little girl. Deborah, at that point, had never witnessed anything, so she was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. He claimed to feel scratches on his chest or abdomen. He says that he was walking by the stairs when he was lifted and pushed by an unexplainable force. It got so bad whenever he was in the house, he was unable to have one happy thought. He said that he constantly had thoughts of hurting Deborah and had planned to slit her throat. That's whenever he knew it was time for him and his family to move out of the house. Nope, the fuck out of there. In 1994, the Pickmans moved out. Some believe that Sally's spirit torments those who visit or dare to live in the house. Paranormal investigator Elijah Buckles has studied the house several times. Every time we've come, it's gotten progressively more intense. And what we feel, feel, we'll feel, what we feel... What we feel, you know. Uh, What we feel is more dangerous. The investigator believes it's more than the spirit of little Sally haunting the home. Seconds into Buckholtz's investigation, strange things started happening. After 30 seconds, the equipment went off and presumably uh, catching stronger paranormal activity. Upstairs in the Sally house, balls and other toys have reportedly moved on their own and mysterious footsteps have been heard at night. But meanwhile, we could hear activity on the first floor below us. A so-called spirit box started picking up ghostly sounds upstairs. Paranormal investigators used this gadget to catch, as they claim, voices from the dead. Even the 
Even the experienced paranormal investigative crews started feeling uncomfortable. While Shane and Ryan from BuzzFeed Unsolved, RIP BuzzFeed Unsolved, were at the house for the first time, they played the flashlight game, where you take a small flashlight and unscrew the top so that all you have to do is touch it to make the light come on. Shane said to the entity, if you don't like us, turn on the flashlight, and it turned on. Shane, who is a skeptic, then said, I don't think it has the power to turn it back on. But nevertheless, the light came back on. Despite all this, some researchers argue that a girl named Sally never lived in the town. However, there was a Sally Isabel Hall who lived there in 1905, but she was a 34-year-old black woman. So if Sally never existed, then who or what is Sally? Mm. Mm. A woman, her husband, and their two kids moved into the house after the Pickmans um, moved out and reported no paranormal activity. On a surprise visit from the landlord, he discovered a pentagram on the floor of the basement along with an altar, a cauldron, and a black robe. Some believe the woman was a Satan worshiper, you know, because she couldn't have just been a witch, but uh, to this day, there is still a black mark on the floor, and many believe that the demon lives in the house. Nope. Many believe that the demon lives in the, in the basement. There have been numerous media that have covered the house, including Kansas City News Crew, KCTV5, BuzzFeed Unsolved, the 90s show Sightings, A&E, Travel Channel, History, Discovery, Sci-Fi, Paramount, uh, no, Sci-Fi, period. Paramount filmed a movie based on the house, and psychic P Peter James has visited. You can also find information on Heartland Ghost and TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor has some mixed reviews, some saying they experienced a lot, and some saying they didn't experience anything. But... The Sally House is not all that Atchison has to offer. So let's go on over to the McIntyre Villas. The Sally House isn't the only haunted place in Atchison, Kansas. The McIntyre Villa, located at 1301 Kansas Avenue, is said to be haunted as well. A short history and background, John McIntyre was born in Ireland in 1827 and came to the United States alone as a boy. He settled first in Philadelphia and later in Indiana, where he learned the trade of harness making. Hearing the opportunities existing in the West, he moved to Kansas in the early 1860s. First setting up home in Dunafan County, John McIntyre started a small shop in Atchison where he manufactured harnesses and saddles. His, uh, his products became known for their workmanship, and he did a great amount of business with wagon trains plying the overland trails. His business was so successful that he had to enlarge his facilities and manufacture his products on a larger scale. The wealth he accumulated from his business was invested in real estate in Ashison, nearby St. Joseph, Missouri. He also erected a number of business blocks in Atchison. The McIntyre Villa is one of Atchison's most unique residences. Built between 1889 and 1890, the large impressive brick residence was constructed at an estimated cost of $14,000. John McIntyre's first wife, Alice, died in 1892. He married his second wife, Anna Conlon, a widow with three sons, in 1895. After McIntyre's death in 1902, Anna continued to live in the home until her death in 1916. During her ownership, the house was home to a large number of her uh, Conlon re relatives, wow, including many children. After 1916, about until about 1925, her brother, Judge Charles J. Conlon, a prominent Atchison lawyer, and his family made it their home. For the next 25 years, it was a rooming house. 
1952, the McIntyre Villa was purchased by Miss Isabel Altus, a retired professional violinist and an eccentric, according to actress and neighbors. She lacked the financial resources to follow through on her desire to restore the house, and in 1969, shortly before her death, she sold it to George Girardi, who had started to rehabilitate it. So some of the haunted occurrences at the villa include lights turning on and off in the tower, which does not have electricity, <laughs> figures seen in windows when no one is at home, a speaker thrown off the counter and boxes moving, the rocking chair that Goldie died in has been known to rock back and forth on its own, sounds of slamming doors throughout the night, footsteps walking down the hallway on the second floor throughout the, throughout the night, some feel uneasy on the second floor, feeling as though they are being watched. Items tend to be moved from one location to another. Creaks of turning doorknobs, lights turning on and off, dramatic changes in temperature, voices of both male and female. And the door to one of the sitting rooms upstairs opens on its own and a shadow person has been seen a few times. Also, the scent of a powdery woman's perfume and the hint of cigarettes. Which the cigarettes could be explained because cigarettes and cigar scent can embed itself into walls. Because there are um, some parlors and old buildings where you can still smell the cigar and cigarette smoke in the walls. So that one could be explained. But the rest of it, I don't know. Um, but my references, <laughs> my references are visitatchison.com, KCTV5, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Newsy, and TripAdvisor. That is the Sally House in Atchison, mm-hmm. Kansas. You can find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at The Creep Show Chronicles, and Twitter at The Creep Show 1. Thanks for listening to The Creep Show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. Stay. Thanks for listening to The Creep Show Chronicles. Follow us on social media and share our show so we can grow our audience.